what I've really come to realize is that the amount of relief that I got from being able to move my body, even when maybe my body didn't want me to do it originally, or the doctor didn't want me to do it or whatever, um, the amount of relief I was able to get from that is something I want to share with other people. When you talk about like sharing your life story with each other to empower and encourage, she is it. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, like look how jazzed we are. Both we both have big hey. smiles on our faces, and we can't wait to like spread that to joy this. to other people. We, right. But in order to do that, we got to shoot an intro. Woo! Jason and Esther, Esther and Jason on a Good or Life podcast. You know I'm the goofball of the two of us, so hey so, man. Do you want to introduce yourself? Or? Oh, hi guys. This is Esther and Jason. And on this week's episode, we are stoked to have our first guest. Jessica will be joining us to tell us her incredible story of triumph over some incredible struggles that are presented to so few people, but it could not have been presented to a more resilient person. Jess is all about getting people to move in ways we were meant to move, but overcoming some tough mental obstacles along the way. We hope you enjoy. And Jason, I have to be very honest. What the heck did we talk about last week? <laughs> Hey, so you know what? There's a really cool episode on brain fog. I think oh, you yeah, we did that one. Oh, <laughs> we, we did do that one. Um, that doesn't apply here. This one might be like mild cognitive decline type of thing. Or, you thank know, you. Thank you. We oh all experience God. it. It's, it's okay. No, last week we talked about, does your workout ever take a vacation? Remember, I came back that, and challenged yes. me to that whole thing. And then you also extended a challenge and said, hey, Jason, you should like videotape all of your exercises and put mm -hmm. them out there so people can see it. And I let you down. You totally let me down. That's it. This is over. This relationship, completely. Well, you know what? That, that's okay, Esther, because there is a fantastic woman right here, uh, Jessica, that is joining yes. us for the first time as our first inaugural guest on a Good Life podcast. Uh, well, just to be honest, everyone listen there, we are kind of just making it up as we go, yet we do have a little bit of an idea of where we want to take it. So uh, Esther, I'm going yes. to hand it over to you if you would mind introducing Jessica to our audience. Yes. Well, Jessica and I met on Instagram. I yeah. have met some wonderful people on Instagram and um, this is, I'm going to read you her bio. So she, Jessica is a personal trainer and fitness instructor online and in person. And she lives in Atlanta, Georgia. She has been teaching over 20 years, adapting her, her style to the evolving fitness world. Those certified and experienced in formats such as Zumba, Zumba Kids, LaBlast, is that right? TRX, Step, Turbo Kick. Whew. Jessica focuses on group training, primarily on HIT. She is known for one specific earmark, never repeating a class, format, or specific exercises. We're going to have to go into that. Jessica <laughs> began her fitness journey as a runner and continues to compete to this day. However, her fitness journey was not a fluid one. Struggling with pain from age six, Jessica was diagnosed with a genetic collagen deficiency called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, or EDS, right? EDS? Yep, that's right. Which results in frequent dislocations and unstable pro proprioception. Because of our, thank you, sweetie. Because of her own struggles and her go get them attitude, Jessica is dedicated to making sure every person who wants to move their body will be able to do able to do that in some form or fashion. Mom of three and married to her husband, Danny, for 23 years. You can find her workouts online on Facebook at fit, fitness with Jess W or on Instagram, Jessica K seven, 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 seven. So that's so cool. Thank yeah, you. Great intro. And Jessica, a pleasure to have you here. Well, thank you both, sir, for having me. Thank you so much. It's such an honor. It really is. I like, admire both of your work and I love being able to be a part of it. So thank you. Yeah, well, we appreciate you and what you've contributed to the fitness industry is by me no means a small feat. Like there are so many things I want to ask you about the bio, because as we said, this is the first time I'm being introduced to you and, and just, just wow. Like the, from the 
disease that you were diagnosed with as a child to all the way up into, you know, using that almost, it sounds like a fuel to get into the fitness industry and say, like, I'm not going to become labeled by, by what's going on with me, but I'm going to overcome that. And, and I'm wondering if that's a great place to start, Jessica, like, we would love to hear your story. Um, you know, walk us through a little bit about maybe how that was. I know, you know, being six years old, memories get a little fuzzy, but I'm sure that there was a lot of things that, that okay, stuck so she's with you. younger than us. I think her memory's good. <laughs> no, not by much. Not well, by you know, we can, we can double her age to 12 because she, she does have a, an amazing charm that has radiated through the zoom that we yes. see here. However, um, you know, please walk us through, uh, you know, what that journey was like and, and kind of how you came into the, the role of fitness. Great. Um, yes, I would love to. So when I was really young, um, around age six, that's when I started having, um, it actually started in my stomach. I started having some stomach issues, tons of stomach pain. Um, I remembered having my first upper GI when I was six, I was in first grade. I had to leave and go drink all the barium. I had to leave school, go drink all the barium and have them do the pictures and it wouldn't go through. Like it just, it wouldn't go through. And so my parents, so the doctor was like, can you take your daughter to McDonald's? Cause that's going to push it through real fast. <laughs> so like, so we stopped, went to McDonald's, ate a Big Mac or something. I don't know, came back and it pushed it through and they found nothing. And, um, they continued to find nothing. And so my, my parents sent me to a psychologist because they were like, surely this is in her mind. And then my, my shoulders would hurt, my neck would hurt, my arms would hurt, like everything just, I'm in pain all the time. But every time I go to a doctor, they say, there's nothing wrong with you. There's, it's an anomaly. It's an anomaly. This is an anomaly. That's an anomaly. I swear if I heard that one word one more time, I was going to have it because I was so done with it. And I was like, I am telling you, this is not in my head. There is something wrong with my body. I am in physical pain. And my parents got so tired of it. They would just roll their eyes and be like, what's wrong with you now? What's wrong with you now? Mm -hmm. And I got completely discounted to the point where really now as a mother, I probably over exaggerate when my kids are hurt because I don't want to discount what they're going through. So I want to be like, Oh, okay, well, we're going to fix that. We're going to figure out what's wrong. We're going to fix it. Um, and so I never played sports growing up. And a lot of it was just my hand-eye coordination and the ability to use a ball and have it go in the right spot is extremely poor. And I, you know, they always, my parents always just thought I was clumsy or a nerd or whatever, but I've always been drawn to athletics always. But um, being in a very small town, like you not, that's where I'm from is a really teeny, teeny, tiny town is you wouldn't take the time to venture into doing any of these sports if it risked you being made fun of, or if it risked some sort of shunning or whatever. And, and I already felt uncomfortable trying to get my hand-eye coordination to match up. So I just didn't. And then um Still no diagnosis with anything except anomaly after anomaly until I went into college. And once I was in college, I, my roommate was a runner and she kept saying to me, you need to run, you need to run. And I was like, I want nothing to do with that. Thank you. No. And she kept saying, no, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. I was like, I, you're not hearing the words coming out of my face. I am not going to go outside and run. And then one day I got so angry believe it or not, with my grandmother, God bless her, um, that I was like, fine, I'm just going to run. I just have to get this out of me. And so I ran maybe a hundred yards and I was like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. What have I been missing all this time? And, and so like the amount of stress and physical, physical and emotional stress that came out of me when I was actually physically able to pound it into the ground was huge, just absolutely huge. And so I started running and I just kind of kept going and going. And my lifetime goal, this is not a joke, was to run one mile. That's my, my lifetime goal was to run one mile. And I did it in under a year. Um, but that's how far behind I was. Like I couldn't, I it was not, it was just not going to happen. What and was, then what was holding you back for, you know, I don't I mean to interrupt, but what was holding you back no. from, from running that mile? Um, I, I couldn't do it. I was in, I just wasn't in good enough shape. The amount, like I was ending up in so much pain in my knees, mm -hmm. ankles, hips that's what and I cardiovascularly. I just, you know, I, 
I had decided long ago, I loved athletics, but it wasn't going to be what my body was going to be able to do. And so it just took me time. I didn't have anybody training me. I didn't, I was embarrassed. So I didn't want to ask anybody to train me. I just did it. And, um, so I made it fast forward. I've been running for 25, 26 years now and done half marathons. And I do know that based on my medical condition, any more than a half marathon, it, I won't be able to continue keep run, mm-hmm. to keep running. Like I could probably get myself to do a marathon, but if I want to continue running, which I do, it's best for my body to stop after a half. So and longevity stop, over, right. You want the longevity yeah. of being able to run for the rest of your life rather than saying, yeah. Hey, look at my medal. Like I did a marathon. Exactly. Right. It's like, I, I want to go get another one. I want to go get mm-hmm. a, you know, I would prefer to just keep going. Plus the amount of stress it relieves for me is, is off the chain. Like I can't even tell you how much. And so, um, so a real quick side note, and I'll make this a side note about how I started teaching was that in, in college, we had to take a, a floor aerobics class in order to graduate from college. You had to have this floor aerobics class. So I was like, okay, so I'll take that. I had to. And for what, and it was so much fun. Like it was, I was like, oh my gosh. So now I'm getting stressed out and I'm moving and I'm dancing and I'm, I'm all over the place and it's so much fun. And for one of the classes, we, for one of our grades, we had to teach one of them. And I was like, I did. I'm like, this is the most fun I've ever had in class in my entire life. Like, this is fantastic. And it really boosted my cardiovascular strength to be able to take that class and to do it. It was so much fun. I was, it was just the best. Now I graduated with a degree in social work and had planned on continuing to use that. But my husband, because of his job, we moved 13 times the first four years we were married and we couldn't, you can't work in social work if you're going to keep moving that much. So the one thing that stayed consistent was that I was in the gym and no matter where I went, I was in the gym and I thought, well, why don't I get paid for this? So I started teaching. And so I want everybody to be able to find a way to go like this, like this, or for you, you can't see me, I'm just moving (laughs) to be able to physically (laughs) like just move your body around and come out on the other side of it and be like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. And so that's kind of how I'm approaching it. Now the EDS part is a, a whole other monologue, but. I want to hear that one. I have a, so, you know, what's really, what stood out to me was that you said that your hand-eye coordination was really poor in the beginning, but here you are, when I was looking at your bio, you're doing Zumba and Zumba takes coordination, girl, (laughs) you know, and any kind of hit classes, you know, you got to do your right side and then your left side. And I know from experience of teaching, you know, a lot of clients, and I know you do too, they, they're always good on one side. Yeah. And then when you say switch, they're like, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, kudos to you, Jessica. I Thank mean, that's, you. yeah. How Thank hard you. you work to just get here. It's just astounding. <laughs> Thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. It's been fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I mean, you just continue to amaze and surprise me. I mean, that so many things stood out, like, like Esther said, I kind of want to go back and just kind of build out a little bit more of your story and you know, starting at six years old, it sounded like it started as an internal an internal deficit, right? You had a lot of GI distress, right? And then at that time, were you, were you starting to experience any musculoskeletal things or proprioceptive issues or dislocation issues? Or was it kind of like the gut and that biome kind of failed first and then later on the rest came or did it all kind of just hit you at once? That's a really good question. And it's also, the answer is very informative for anybody who's been diagnosed with this is that it's a progressive disease. Mm -hmm. And so typically the very first thing to show up is your gut and the gut just falls apart. And, um, to this point, uh, clearly I'm not a large person, so I, I can't digest food. It's, I don't have the contractile units in my stomach or in my colon to actually do the squeezing to push everything through. So I, I have trouble with uh, digestion, absorption, and, and then of course, getting rid of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how it started. And then the pain that I was going through, I would assume that it was dislocations. However, I was so written off that I don't really know. 
for sure. Mm -hmm. Like I was just sort of pushed to the side as far as, oh, it's another pain. Oh, it's another pain. The things that were most marked and most noticeable to me, GI, upper and lower, were Mm -hmm. absolutely disastrous. In fact, I went to so many doctors. I'm in medical record books as, uh, for, in the state of Florida for tests they've never run on anybody that they run on me just to try to figure out what was going on. And this is, of course, all undiagnosed Ehlers-Danlos. So once I was diagnosed, I'm the one that went back to the GI doctors and I was like, you screwed this up and you missed this. And this is what <laughs> this is what's happening to me. Help yeah. Me. Wow. So, yeah. So, so the, the, you, you were feeling like these, these pains and these irritations in your body around the same time, or they came a little bit later, right? Cause you said around, like- okay. So in like your teenage years, like when you were like, Hey, yes. I'm like, okay. So you're, you're starting to be like, I'm a teenager. I got all this like anxious teenage energy. I need to move. Oh no. Yes. What, so, yep. so what started hurting? Was it more hips back? Was it shoulders joints or was it just kind of like full body meltdown? So one of the things that is interesting about EDS is that you will dislocate and then it'll go right back in. And so once it goes back in, you don't feel the pain Mm -hmm. so much anymore. So my shoulders and look at these, like, again, for those that can't see it, I have extremely pronounced um, collarbones, like, then they go like my chromium process sticks out like really, really high, Um, which fast forward and we can get to this, but this is actually what saved my life, believe it or not. And we will get to that. But Um, so my neck has always been an issue. I noticed in seventh grade, I could not look up because the pain was too strong for me to look up. Um, my vision is very poor that started same time as my stomach. So it started in the bigger systems, organ systems, and then worked to musculoskeletal. And so junior high was when I noticed my neck shoulders and back were those, those were the three Mm -hmm. that started then. And I also, I sprained my ankle in eighth grade. And it took so long to recover. It was like, this is, this not normal. Um, So that was, that sort of threw it off a little bit too. So that's where that started. Now, the thing with EDS is that it progresses every 10 years, like in in your late 10s, 20s, 30s is when you notice a steep and sudden change. Mm -hmm. So I definitely noticed when I was 17, 18, 27 was like, holy cow, what is happening? 37 was the same. And now I turn 47 next week and I have four appointments with the doctors. <laughs> oh man. Like, oh, dang yeah. it. Oh, wow. So, wow. It stinks. So I have a question. So once you, why am I still ringing by the way? Um, once you dislocate your shoulder, say, and you pop it back in, yeah. how frequently does it pop back? Is it, is it a constant thing or? Yes. Yep. Constant. So, um, a new member of my family is this brace, a wrist brace, um, that I now have to wear because it, my wrist dislocates moment by moment. Mm. It's, and it's not, it's not like your my radius and ulna it's the carpals. The carpals are actually what's sliding in and out here. Um, specifically, I don't need to name the ones, but like out on the outside of my hand is they're slipping in and out. So my radius and ulna seem to be fairly stable, but my thumb dislocates on both hands and then the, and then the carpals on the left hand. And so this, I've got it in order to hold it together. I have to do this. Otherwise, if I go to pick up a weight, it'll dislocate Mm -hmm. and then I'm in trouble. And so that's so that I try, I'm a little bit disappointed. I'm not gonna lie. This is the first time I've had to wear any kind of orthotic um, for long-term. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little bit bummed. I was like, oh, I had to go through an adjustment. And as soon as I got it, I started thinking about Paralympians. And I was like, because I can no longer move my wrist. I can't. So push-ups gone, dips gone, anything where you're in plank, mm-hmm. I'm having to adjust because I cannot bend my wrist. It won't do it. Um, so I was like, I, I got really upset about it. And then I thought, you know, I have a choice to make here. I can either be upset about this or I can find a way around it. Mm-hmm. And I chose B. So I'm finding a way around it and we're going to make it happen. And so- yes. Wow. I'm already doing it. You should see oh. me do renegade rose. It's pretty funny. Oh, I want to see it. You should post it and I'll repost it. Oh my God, Jess, but I loved your mindset. I mean, this is what exactly good or life is all about, right? Jason, mm-hmm. like oh, you absolutely. take whatever and you, you go for option B. 
Whereas most people would be to. like option A. Yeah. Oh my I, God. I have to. And that's kind of what I've, what I, what I try to portray and what I'm doing and kind of the message that I wanted to even be able to share with people is that um, the biggest person holding you back is you. Mm-hmm. And and the doctors may tell me I'm not supposed to jump, but I'm going to teach a hit class. And the doctors may tell me that, you know, your risk is higher if you do this or that. I said, okay, so I have two choices. I can either ignore, I can either um, listen to the risk and then risk losing a chunk of my life, or I can go until I absolutely have to not go for a steady amount of time. And I do that. And I fear that a lot of people with any kind of diagnosis, end up in the position where they feel like they have to restrain or they have to not do certain things because a voice came and told them you can't, you shouldn't, you're not able, don't. Mm -hmm. And I want to, you know, I don't want anybody to put themselves in harm's way. Mm -hmm. And I don't want anybody to take an excessive risk. Like, like for instance, I'm running, I run, but I also know that if I want to keep running, I have to stop at a certain point. Mm -hmm. I'm not, not running. I'm running. And so I want to encourage, you know, everybody to be able to find what your body can do and to do it. And if you think you can't, then you're the one getting in your own way. Wow. So that's yeah. kind of it. Yeah. And, and what, it, first off, again, incredible, Jess, thank you for sharing all of that. It's, it, it's almost like you took your biggest weakness in life and turned it into your most prominent strength. Like you mm. learned as a young age, like my body hurts. And then you're like, wow, I really like moving and moving kind of hurts, but I'm going to cultivate this mindset of success. I'm going to cultivate this mindset of possibilities instead of problems. And I think that's so powerful. If you can speak a little bit more to like, were you always this way? Were you always like, a, I'm going to just overcome every obstacle or was it more of a, of a, of a journey where it's like, man, I'm just like, I'm kind of at the edge right now. And then something changed. And if, if that's there, that's that's the nugget we need to hear is, is, is hear how you, how you change from those struggles to those successes Hear how you change from a, a mindset of always focusing on the problem to like the possibilities, because you can tell, even just by looking at you, you have this resiliency about you, you have this, oh. this glow about you when you, when you speak about what's going on. But I think it's so powerful to, to dive deep if, if you're willing and just kind of allow us to hear what that transformation looked like, or if it was already there, if Jess was mm-hmm. just born with an mm-hmm. iron will and you know what, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just a natural inner glow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but, but I think that that's super valuable to hear what, what it is that tempered your temperament for, for lack of a, a better word. Well, that's really sweet. And that's kind of a tricky question. I think a little bit, um, because that's kind of where I wish that I was a fly on the wall and could see how I processed things rather than coming from the inside, because I maybe thought about it differently than it came across sometimes too. Um, I would say I've always been extremely bullheaded. Like I'm friendly, but when it comes to my own person and my own to do, I'm like, don't you tell me I can't do it because I'm <laughs> you're that you're that reb, uh, rebellious teenager, aren't you? That's what yes. it is. It's like no one I can tell me. But nothing. the thing is, I just totally wasn't a rebellious teenager at all. I just totally wasn't. I really wasn't. I'm such a rule follower. But but I was like, I just don't like when people tell me I can't. There's this shirt. I guess you guys probably seen it says underestimate me. That'll be fun. And I'm like, that's, you know, that's how I feel. And I think I had to get to a point of that because there were so many voices telling me what I couldn't do. And much of that voice was my own and telling me what I couldn't do and, or still even out what I can't, I can't do. And I will, I'm easily embarrassed. Um, I'm not embarrassed by a a lot of stuff, but when it comes to my own performance, I'm easily embarrassed. So if you were to give me a ball, I would probably curl up in that same position, a ball and be like, please just go away. Don't look at me because I'm just extremely embarrassed. And, um, and I think that what happened in my life is that I let the embarrassment be the, one of the biggest voices and fear. I was afraid because of being embarrassed and I was afraid to try to do anything. Um, 
really a lot of things. I think fear was one of the biggest voices at all. And um, so listening to the negative actual voices that were coming to me, and I had a lot of positive voices to a ton, but but then my own negative voices and then that voice of fear, those were all things that kept me back. And then I got tired. I think I just got tired and I just got tired of, I actually got tired of fighting and I got tired of not doing, and I got tired of negativity and I got tired of all of that. And I was like, you know what, just, I don't, I'm not going to listen to that anymore. I'm not, I can't keep living my life like this. I have to at least feel good about something. I have to try and I've got to really push. So next time you tell me I can't, I'm going to show you that I can. And that's, I just kind of, I don't even know when that really happened, but I will tell you that going to college made a big difference because as I said before, I was raised in this tiny town where if you tried anything, like you could get made fun of so easily. And when I went to college, I didn't know one per I knew one, one person in the whole school. I went to a small Christian school in Michigan and I didn't know anybody except one person and they didn't know what I could do or couldn't do. And they didn't know what I was capable of or not capable of. And they couldn't tell me that I was a bozo for trying. So I was like, well, let's try. So it was really fun. It was very liberating for me. So I would say going there was, was extremely liberating. And I was surrounded by a wonderful, wonderful group of people who are still my closest friends to this day. Mm -hmm. And they're very encouraging. And it was great to hear encouragement it, everywhere I went, there was encouragement and that made a big, big difference. So, wow. yeah. I kind of like that you share that story because, you know, so many times on social media, or even you hear just a snippet of someone's story, it's like, oh, I went from here and I just miraculously became this confident person. But to know that you actually had to hit rock bottom in order to build yourself back up. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's such a beautiful story. And I'm sure there's mm -hmm. so many times that you were crying and like in pain and just fear overcoming you. But the fact of the matter is like you were able to overcome it, you know, and um, yeah, like coming from a small town, I can imagine just everyone knowing each other's business. Mm. And, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's that's a struggle in itself. Um, so, gosh, I'm so glad you're able to go where, especially during your college years, where you're really trying to form your own identity. You got to form it in a really supportive environment. Yeah, yeah. it's wonderful. I and, and, and there, there are two huge nuggets of wisdom there. I always, uh, as you know, Jess, I always joke with Esther. She's like the golden goose. She just lays these <laughs> golden eggs. And now, now we got two gooses. We got geese, geese, geese. We're geese. No, you know what I'm going, you know, oh, my, my, my wife makes fun of me every time we go out. I'm like, let me get the shrimps. And I, I do it just oh. because it bothers her. Oh my God. I, I know obviously what the plural is. Um, so uh -huh. the, we got geese here. Um, yeah. Coming from the words guy, it is okay to screw around with them. It's all good. But right. Jess, you hit, you hit on two major things that in, in the world of positive psych, we really encourage people, especially when they're struggling. And number one is environment. It, it sounds like just without even knowing it, you had an environmental shift and that triggered your capacity to explore. And that gave your brain a new novel experience. And all this stuff we know from the world of psychology is, is the way to begin the transformation, right? You know, you could have, you could have elected option A stay in the small town, be put down. But there is, there is something that happened to you, you know, whether it was luck, whether it was the universe, whether it was your own doing or a combination of all, it happened. And, and that was the turning point, it sounds like. And then you feel that with that support system, that encouragement, and that, that just got you going. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I was kind of thinking, you were saying like, I don't know when that moment was. I'm sitting there going, it was that aerobics class. It was all the <laughs> yeah. factors just yeah. kind of converged to where you had the new environment your body felt good moving because all of our bodies feel good moving. And you took your biggest weakness and turned it into your most prominent strength. And that's just absolutely phenomenal. And thank you so much for, for sharing that part of the story. And uh, as we keep kind of moving through, I mean, Hey, we're here on a gooder life podcast talking about doing good or being good or living gooder. You now are on a crusade essentially to, to just mm. share your story with everyone, but also to empower them through fitness. So I think it'd be kind of cool, Jess, if you talked a little bit about your role in fitness, like the person you've become, you know, we, we know where you came now, where do you want to go and, and where do you want to take people? Where's the next, you know, where's our next step in the journey? Um, that's a really great question. And I am really bad with goals. So I'm just going to tell you, <laughs> I, 
I'm just going to tell you how I'm doing it one step at a time. So I'm currently in school. Again, I'm getting my master's degree from University of Florida, go Gators, um, and applied physiology and kinesiology. And I'm still teaching online and in person. And the biggest thing for me is what I've, what I'm feeling the pull to do is, is to help everybody that I can reach to know that movement is possible. And movement is like I said before, just really very, very good for you. So one of the, as far as psychologically, it's really good for you. Um, and of course, physically too, but I, I want to encourage people that there doesn't have to be a big gain or a big goal or a big anything. But if your goal is to better your life or to make your, your physical, emotional, spiritual life better, when you move, you're going to experience that naturally. And so, so for me, um, as a trainer, I'm, I'm trying to expand my own personal training business, which I would really like to do. And I'm very slow at doing that. But one of the things I found to be the most exciting for me is watching the number of people that have followed online and seeing specifically, I always try to look and see where they are located because I like being able to reach people all the way around the globe. And because it makes the world feel so very small and connected. And I really like to be able to reach people because it doesn't matter if you're sitting here or if you're sitting in India or if you're sitting in Kazakhstan, it does not matter because all of us can get up and move just a little bit in some way. And when we were going through the pandemic, I was teaching online uh, three days a week, I think it was, and then I posted the videos and they're still available for people to watch, but you could do them right from your home. So you don't need, you need very minimal equipment. You can do them from your home and you can get a really good sweat. I give modifications for everything because I want everybody to know that there is an option for them. So, um, so where am I going from here? I want to gain as much knowledge as I possibly can. And I think that me having this medical condition is really adding a lot to that because I'm so curious about the body. Like the body is just an extraordinarily fascinating thing. And the more I can know about it, the more excited I get about it because I'm like, how in the world does this, what, what is happening? And it's incredible. And I, I really, even now, and then going forward, I want to be able to come to have people to come to me and be like, Hey, I'm really not great with my such and such strength, or I have pain in my such and such. And I want to be able to look at them and say, well, thank you for sharing that with me. The problem's not your such and such. The problem is probably your hips. Let's fix your hips and see how your arms <laughs> open up, you know, sounds so like that AFS kind of, stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like, uh, yeah, that's totally our, um, great Institute. That's right? a real house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. And is. Yeah. Wonderful. Very cool, Jessica. Yeah. Well, so I want to, I want to bring up uh, something that you, you mentioned a little earlier, Jess, as, as we're talking about, I want to, I want to hear more specifically about the style of training you have. You know, we said in your bio that no workout is the same, mm-hmm. right. heard that you make all these modifications. You have these online videos. That's wonderful. You mentioned earlier, we're going to circle back to about your mm-hmm. AC joints, your collarbones. You're like, they saved my life, but we're going to get back to that later. I think it'd be kind of yeah. cool if you, you opened up that story, if you don't mind. Absolutely. I love this story. This is a great one. Um, so I've kept my shoulders covered my entire life because they're hideous. And when I, when I, when I, I've always, so even my wedding dress had them covered every, they were always covered and people would always say, why do you keep your shoulders covered? I said, cause they're horrible. And then they would say, no, they're not. No, they're not. And I would show them and they would go, Oh, and without <laughs> fail every time. Oh, it was like, I know that's why they're covered. Then inevitably the question would come, did you break them? No, I did not break them. They're just, they how, they're how they are. So one day my husband and I and our kids, we were, we went to Disney world and we were staying with some family friends in Orlando and the woman is a doctor and we were just staying there at the house and the guys had gone and played golf and they came back wearing sandals. And so the, they, The guy said, my feet are very not model worthy. I should not be having sandals on. And then like this, the woman was like, oh, it's my something that's not model worthy. It was like elbows or I don't know, something weird like that. I was like, well, for me, it's the shoulders. And then I pulled my shirt to the side and showed my shoulders. The woman goes, whoa, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. 
And I said, what? She, and I was like, here comes the, did you break it question? She goes, let me see those again. I was like, oh man. So I showed them to her and she says, first thing she says, Jessica, do you have trouble with your stomach? I went, what? Wow. And I said, yes. And she goes, how's your vision? I said, garbage. She's like, what about your circulation? I'm like, my hands and toes turn white every time I get cold. She goes, do you have any pain in your joints? I was like, what is happening here? And she said, she goes, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. She starts jumping up and down. She goes, you have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. I was like, wait, 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 what? I said, all I'm hearing is something about Andy Stanley. What are you saying? And she goes, she goes, you have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. I was like, why is this a good thing? She goes, I've never met anybody with it before. I'm like, well, yippee for you, but am I going to die? And she goes, well, eventually, but not yet. I'm like, oh my. But, uh, so, so it, that's how it started. And I was like, well, how do I get diagnosed? What do I do? And she gave me a ton of information and um, there's only three places in the country to get a diagnosis. And one of them happens to be in Birmingham. Um, but by that point I had been, I had been to so many doctors and told so many times that there was nothing wrong with me that I was like, I'm just over this. And so my husband said, he goes, well, do you want to get the test? I'm like, okay, it's just going to be negative, but okay, we'll do it. So I went and as we're driving, he says to me, he goes, Jessica, I think this could really be it. And I said, okay, well, me too, but I don't want to get my hopes up because I'm so tired of hearing, no, that's not it. He goes, well, what if they say, yes, it is. I said, um, they're not going to, so I don't have an answer for you. And when they came back and they said, you have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome types two and three combined, I was in so much shock that I had zero reaction, nothing. Not how many I, stages are there? Uh, there's so there's different. Um, it's eight, eight, six. I'm sorry, I forgot if it's six or eight. They're types, they're not really stages, they're types. And types one and two are, are called classical and they're just slightly different. Type three is hypermobility, which is where you'll see a lot of people. Type four is vascular, and that's the one that will kill you dead. Um, so that's where you're you're. Uh, your heart can just split in half by the time you're 48. And I do not have that. Um, so anyway, but that, so it took me, you know, well over a week, I would say before I was like, is this really like, oh my gosh, do I really have this? And I'm still in such shock that I still don't always believe it. And so in moments when I have um, like this brace when I had to get that, or if something else acts up, that's very clearly only Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, then I'm like, oh my gosh, I really do have it. And when you read the diagnostic sheet or all the symptoms and side effects, every single one of my anomalies is on that sheet. Every one of them, everyone. Wow. And so I was like, Danny, we're going to buy a gravestone right now. I'm going to say, I told you so. That's it. That's all it's going to say. I told you so. And come to find out that a lot of people with EDS would say the same thing. They've been mm -hmm. misdiagnosed, misdiagnosed, misdiagnosed. But when you, when you give that diagnosis, it's such a whole body diagnosis that everything else falls into place and it all just fits underneath this lack of collagen. So that's, yeah, that would be that. And then interestingly enough, the, the, um, what is the word I want? The, the, what's the word I want with mascot, the mascot, there you go for, for Ehlers-Danlos syndrome is a zebra. Cause they said that, so it's such an, it's such an unseen disease that when you're walking down the street and you hear the sound of hoofs, you expect it to be a horse. You turn around, you don't expect it to be a zebra. And that's us. We're looking, we look like everybody else, but we're not. So wow. yeah. Wow. And how long, how long ago did you actually get that diagnosis? That was only 10 years ago. Wow. So, so and I'm, I'll be 47 next week. And so, yeah, it's, I wasn't diagnosed when I was 35. Wow. And, and you've been to the doctor since you're six years old. Yep. Yes. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Wow. And so I, now I, I have a hard time trusting doctors a lot because they, I, I went to how many doctors and all this time and 
they misdiagnosed me. But again, they were expecting a horse, not a zebra. So it wasn't like, it wasn't their fault. They didn't, they didn't know that that's what they were looking for. They didn't know that that's the, but now because of that, and because this is such a rare disease and it is considered a very rare disease, I have to be extremely, extremely up to date on what this means for my body. And I cannot go to any other doctor unless I have knowledge ahead of time about what this means for me. Mm. So like a, for instance, was I had to go to the GI doctor, which scared the daylights out of me. And I said, okay, I have Ehlers-Danlos. So have you treated somebody with that before? You always have to ask that. And he said, yes. Well, to what extent? And, you know, they'll give you, they'll give you an answer. And then the treatment he decided to give me was something that my body would not be able to process. And I already knew, I already knew that what he gave me, I needed collagen for in order to process it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to take his word for it. I'm going to do it. I tried it for five days and I ended up in such awful distress. We're not going to go through the details because <laughs> it is GI <laughs> We're not going to go through the details, but I ended up calling him back. And I said, I want you to know what you did to me. And you told me you had knowledge of this, but I didn't. And let me explain why. So then I explained to him why the, what he gave to me wouldn't work for somebody with collagen. And he said, oh my gosh, you're right. I'm like, okay. So, but again, that leads me back to trying to figure out and learn as much as I possibly can about the body and how to help things. So the other thing is I like to do um, as much as I can naturally. So I'm not on any medications. I take about every vitamin known to mankind that I'm not on any medications. Um, and I try to stay off of them just because the, the road of treating someone with Ehlers-Danlos is, is a pharmaceutical nightmare. And so I'm like, I want to try to stay above this as long as I can. <laughs> so that's right. I do need every now and then, um, I do need to get, uh, uh, methocarbamol, which is a, a muscle relaxer because so if my shoulder were to dislocate too many times, the muscles in my back will lock up to try to hold it in. Mm -hmm. And after five or six days, I'll be like, I can't, I can't move my body anymore. And so that's the one that I'll, I'll take. Wow. I just feel like this information is so like valuable. I know you said that it's a rare disease, but you're the second person I know who has this. So it's not that oh, well. rare. Yeah. Okay. So um, whoever's listening, not just are you a wealth of knowledge, just walking around, but the tidbits of information that you've given and like the, the um, I just love like how you give such positivity even with, you know, what you're going through. I think oh. I'm getting so much out of this podcast, you oh. know, like I'm like really jazzed to move more and and um, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm going to definitely put you on my, my, I, I just want people to find you. So if they have Thank questions that they can, you know, go to you and just, you're just a wealth of information for just everybody. Oh, thank you so much. That means yeah. a lot. I really appreciate that. For sure. Yeah. And sounds, I think, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You're, no, you're no, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say the part of the reason we want Jason and I wanted to start this interview process is because we know people out there have really unique stories and stories that's going to help not just with any kind of diseases they may have, or like any circumstance that you go through or any kind of like ailments or success or like joy, right? We can all learn from each other. And that's what good our life's all about. I just mm -hmm. want mm -hmm. everyone to share their stories. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And, and it really, I mean, to, to echo every, everything Esther said and, and kind of wrap it up and then move into our, our final piece here. It, it sounds like you could have taken option A, which is because I have this disease, I'm restricted to this, but you chose option B, which is in spite of this disease, I'm going to kind of break down everything and take charge and take control. And that that's gold in of itself for so many people out there that are, you know, if they don't have EDS, just struggling with any type of disease or any type of labeling or the frustration with the, the systems that, that typically are, are built to protect us, but let us down so many times because they don't know our individual struggles and our stories. So just to have that empowerment and that encouragement that you're offering to others and just saying, wow, we can get up and move, even though moving might be something that can hurt you. Like you said, you can't like push-ups. just even dislocating your wrist is something that, can be a detriment and you could sit down and say, I don't want to do it, but it sounds like you're really finding ways to make it happen. And, and I think Jess, in this final piece, if you can speak about the way that you've adapted fitness, not only to your circumstance, but how you adapted for others who might be struggling either mentally or physically or both, 
and, and just kind of begin to offer that encouragement as we kind of wind everything down. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Um, so I think one of the biggest things is SMART goals. Um, and I'm sure you guys are familiar with SMART goals, but SMART is an acronym and you're going to have to help me, but specific, measurable, attainable, R is realistic and timed. And so anytime you come up with a goal like that, basically you don't need to go through the whole acronym, but to come up with a goal for my clients, that is, it's attainable. And I mean, like today, what can you do? Can you spend two minutes doing something? Can you do that? Of course you can. Is all I want to see you do today, if especially if they're like brand new, if they're brand, brand, brand new, I'm like, today I want you to take, um, when you're getting dinner ready, stand at the kitchen counter and do 10 squats. Do it one time. Did you do it? Yes, you did. Oh, I'm so proud of you. I am so proud of you. Look at you. Woo, you go. That is so great. And then I just really like beef up the encouragement because every time they do something, if you're like, good job, good, you know, then that's great. But if you're like, this is a really big thing, it might seem small, but you accomplished something, you attained your goal. Let's keep going. So I, I try to make sure that everybody has the chance to feel really good about, about what they're doing. And I adapt and adjust everything. So I spend a lot of time researching extra, extra exercises. And Essie, I have only watched every single one of your Instagram posts like a bazillion <laughs> times because they give a lot of really good options. And there's, there's a lot of Instagram folks that give really good options. And then I just literally Google search stuff and I'll just go... I'll just follow the rabbit trail down Google searches to find different exercises and adaptations. What I don't do is come up with adaptation. Like I don't look for a uh, keyword of adaptation because that tends to be under the corrective exercise uh, headline. And I want people to not feel like they're having to do physical therapy, but that they're doing um, the exercises everybody else is doing just with a modification. So we're going to modify it. So um, like, say, for instance, with your, with your, um, I have a lot of people with bad shoulders. Mm -hmm. And so for them to do anything in plank where you're in motion tends to hurt them a little bit. So I will have them go over to a wall and they'll do, they'll do an incline, they'll do an incline on the wall. And then they're doing the same exercise. Or if I can get myself knowledgeable enough with which muscle I'm trying to target, I'll give them a completely different exercise that stays off the shoulder so they can still work that same muscle group at the same time. Mm -hmm. So if we're doing, if you're doing plank, we'll go back to plank. If we're doing a plank and then pull and then I think I saw one of you guys call maybe Spider-Man plank somewhere you pull your leg up to the side. I do Spider-Man pushups, but if you pull your leg up to the side to work your obliques, if I have somebody with bad shoulder, I'll take out that rectus abdominis work, have them flip over onto their back and do um, like penguins. They'll, like you know, they'll do penguins or they'll do, or they'll do a V sit and reach for their, for their, yeah. So the side crunches. So I'll flip them over. So they're working the same muscle group, but they're in a position that works for their limitation. And so, yeah. So did I answer the question? <laughs> you did. Yes. I, I know you got to love it. Like you're just in your head, like, wow, there's so much cool stuff to say. And uh, I know. we're all. Yeah, the, you, you nailed it, Jess. Great job. I mean, and just to, to kind of like wrap it up and, and rephrase a little bit, it sounds like your modifications are based off environment and position, right? Yes. Like, you know, you basically say, hey, you know what, what we're doing right now, the environment that you're in isn't working, the plank on the ground, let's put you to a wall. Or the position yes. that is uncomfortable, we're just going to change it. And the, the beauty and the power and what you've harnessed there is that it's such an innate human thing. If something's not working in, like think back to when we were tribal, right? If we ran out of food in a certain area, we would change our environment. If we're sleeping and our shoulder hurts, we change our position. Like we do these things naturally. You just elevated it to a level and package it up with a lovely piece of encouragement to where you just, you hit all components of, of the human when you're training them. And that's just absolutely wonderful and, and a joy to have you not only on here sharing your story but also as we do close this out um the, you know, i did prep you before so you had some time to think but the the question that we're going to be asking all of our guests and as before i ask esther anything you want to add or follow up with um no but smile thanks Gotta get you guys i just gram. took a picture for the gram <laughs> do it for the gram i'm pretty sure everyone out there listening was like oh, esther, the i know yeah. i know <laughs> 
<laughs> but ask the question, please. So, so Jess, we really appreciate you coming on, sharing mm. your story. I'm sure you're a wealth of knowledge for all of our listeners and your clients are so blessed to have you in their life, just the same way that you changed environments and were encouraged through a group of people. Now we can see you doing the exact same thing because of how powerful it was for you. And not because of your label, but in spite of your label, you're going out there to change the world and make it a gooder place. So with that, we'd like to ask you, what is one thing that you've learned in your life that allows you to live a gooder life? Um, that's a really great question. I would say the biggest thing is to not ever let a day go by, not ever let a moment go by uh, without grasping it. So I don't want to say like carpe diem because that's sort of big and frothy, but every moment is an opportunity. And what are you going to do with it? Are you going to let it go? Or are you going to make something of it? And so you always have a choice to make. Are you going to live in this moment and enjoy this moment? And even when they're hard, are you going to find the time to enjoy this day and enjoy this moment? Or are you going to let it just slip away? So I would say carpe diem. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Amen. Amen. Excellent. And eat your M&Ms because those are yummy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, it was, I knew this was going to be an awesome time together because when I chatted with you, I'm like, oh my God, her energy just radiates through FaceTime, you know? So, um, yeah, if you guys, I mean, where can people find you? Like, I know you have YouTube, yeah. Facebook, please. I know I said it in the intro, but please share again. Okay. Well, so techno technology and I aren't very great. Um, but you can find me online on Facebook is fitness with Jess W. Um, and it's a picture of me on the beach being very happy. And then, um, the, on Instagram is Jessica K seven, 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 seven. And I left DMS open for both of them. So you can contact me through either one. Instagram is a little bit easier. Um, and then, for your information, I do the long workouts are posted on Facebook. The shorter workouts are posted on Instagram. And you have a YouTube presence ones. too. Yes. YouTube is fitness with Jess W as well. Um, but, and those are the same videos that are on Facebook. Okay. So perfect. Yeah. Excellent. And yep. we'll, we'll make sure, we'll make sure to put that in the show notes too, because okay. I know I can't like listen and write things at the same time. I kind of think of that. Got so it. we'll put it in, we'll put it in the show notes. So it will be available for everyone to see. Um, but that's a wrap. I think we done did it, didn't we? Yay! Good job. That was amazing. Thank you so much for your time. Thank We've... you for having me guys. I appreciate it. <laughs>